Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Jack Inslee is all about the 2018 HBO doc, Andre the Giant. Jack and I started talking about sports documentaries most every week as soon as the coronavirus hit because we both missed basketball and hockey and other sports and we continue to do it even when all those sports came back for better or worse. For those of you that don't know, I actually co-wrote a book about the intersection of presidential politics and professional wrestling. The link to buy that book is in the podcast description. And something else that's in the podcast description is the link to our Patreon account. Uh, 100% of that money that gets donated to that goes back into the show for things like hosting and all that. So anything you could donate would be much appreciated. Without further ado, it's the Andre the Giant doc from 2018 with Jack Inslee. So you have a lot to say about the Andre the Giant doc. I found it to be profound. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm surprised by this, but I'm surprised by this. Does this mean you did not find this to be a profound uh, film? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, I, we have to remind uh, anybody listening to this that... Um, I know very little when it comes to wrestling and wrestling history. You are very well studied on the subject. Maybe that's part of this. Um, my Andre 100%. the Giant, my Andre the Giant information coming into this doc was incredibly limited. I could not tell you anything about him, um, really, other than the top line stuff. So I learned a lot, and it got me thinking of a lot. So I liked it a lot. <laughs> I am completely on your side where this documentary definitely makes you think about stuff. And I'm not trying to, that sounded like I'm a pompous dick. No, I do agree with you. But how many films have we watched about wrestling? I'd say six or seven. About that. How many go over the territories and the story of that? I'd say six of the, all but the Arquette film. Mm-hmm. Even the Arquette film might, but. Sort of, this, but not really. This is a film where the subject is iconic. There's like 10 other people that we could even think of that qualify for the Andre slot in pop culture. Mm -hmm. Especially considering the time period. Exactly. One third of it is centered around one BS match at the end of his career. Yes. Okay. See, this is where you probably get more granular with it. And that wasn't really my takeaway from it or, or the, the, the framing of it. It it didn't really, that's not the effect it had on me. I wasn't left thinking about that match so much. I'm glad because it was pointless. And okay. So this is the film that makes me want to talk about who made the film more than the film itself. Which let's start with. Okay. So it's a Bill Simmons production. It's like his first big HBO film after leaving ESPN. So it's the 30 for 30 folks, but now at HBO. So to do Andre totally makes sense, right? Mm Because you can't really do it at ESPN in the same way. HBO is this huge network. And more importantly, like you want Vince McMahon, you want the WWE to be involved with it to get all the footage, right? Mm -hmm. Instantly watering down the product. Arguably. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the Bill Simmons part. He's an executive producer. Do you know who the other executive producer is? I don't remember. Was it just WWE? It's Kevin Dunn, who works for WWE. Which yeah. means 
we're not going to get anything critical of anything when it comes to pro wrestling in the WWE. And that's how the majority of Americans know Andre, if not for the Princess Bride. So the entire experience of watching this, I was like, this filmmaking style feels so familiar. And you know who directed it? Bingo. The uh, director of The Last Dance. And he got The Last Dance because he did this. Mm -hmm. And I can see why now. now. I can see why. I can see why he got The Last Dance from this. Now that you know all of that, does that change your feelings about this documentary? No. No, it doesn't. I found there to be within the limitations of working with WWE, which, of course, in this conversation comes up every time we do a sports doc where it's like when they're involved, we can't really get to the thing. But journalistically speaking, they did some impressive stuff here. Um, And it's amazing that so many of the bio points of Andre were incorrect up until this film like he he, and i read interviews with the director where he's like we couldn't go on wikipedia because they listed the wrong birthplace for him and they literally went door to door in you know this town a few miles east of of paris you know looking for his family and then eventually finding his family and like bringing a bottle of wine and being like please let us in can you talk to us and getting all these never before seen photos of him and shots of the chair his mother made him because he was so big these are these are efforts that should be celebrated um even you know considering who was involved in the executive production of this that's good filmmaking that's going oh, sure. beyond the surface if and i'd say that was the first 40 minutes of the film and then maybe the last 10 to 20 and i thought that was great but the majority the, the takeaways from it were just so boring and through the lens of WWE. And That's by the time so he has man. WrestleMania 3, he's essentially done as a wrestler. Yes. You think WWE comes out looking good in this? I mean, Vince does say if not for him, he would have been dead already. I'm, that's where I'm coming from. I, I actually was shocked at the light it was able to be told in because really the narrative here is like Andre is this guy who is beloved across the world and ready to sail into the sunset and kind of euthanize himself in a weird way where he's like, I'm done, I'm ready to die. And Vince, for reasons entirely self-motivated, convinces him to get back surgery and come back one more time to do this heel turn in which Andre spends the last years of his life being booed, having things thrown at him, and being in more physical pain than he needed to be. So I don't know how WWE's involvement in the production really, like, you know, makes them look better or compromises the story. I kind of, that's what I took from it. I was like, damn, wow. So here's why the David Arquette film, to me, works so much. Because there weren't layers upon layers upon layers of kayfabe. And you are hard pressed to not believe that David Arquette loves this art form by Mm -hmm. the end of that film. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a major takeaway from you cannot kill David Arquette. But for the Andre, the giant doc, because our source is dead and because this is true kayfabe, this is before the attitude era. This is before podcasts and shoot interviews. Really shoemaker does a very good job in the film explaining like how rare it was to see Andre on your television screen. Right Mm -hmm. now, keeping all of that in mind all the mythology around him is still 
up in the air. And other than the the facts that you bring up, like his sister showing the chair his mom made, that's our only glimpses of reality or what we know as reality. We cannot trust one of the Hogan stories. We cannot trust one of the Lawler stories or the Flair stories or even the Vince stories. So Vince saying that you can't necessarily believe that. Just because he says, I'm going to die, doesn't actually mean he actually believed he was going to die. Andre I see where, I see where you're coming before. from. I Andre see where had you're also played from. the heel before in other territories. It was He was into always the good guy. So that's another thing that you're like, they tell us that in the film. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's, it's stupid to say Last Dancey because Last Dance came out two years later, but you see where this dude is going. I didn't never... come out of this film feeling like the curtain was lifted, though. I didn't feel like, oh, wow. Yeah, because it didn't actually expose anything. But I don't think it's possible to. Oh, I 100% disagree, and here's why. Box Brown did an amazing graphic novel in 2014 called Andre the Giant, Life and Legend. That, to me, had more insight than this film. And it's a graphic novel. It's not an in-depth documentary with HBO money. You don't need to do that. Just read critically. Dave Meltzer has done a ton of report. Like he's one of the talking heads in the film, Dave Meltzer. He's done a lot of good work on this stuff. So you could actually parse fact from fiction. You, you it's just not presented in this film in any way. Does that make sense? It does. It definitely does. Um, and, and I that's understand where... that you're going for the general public. I totally get that. But what's the goal here? We have literally dispelled nothing. There's like a 10 minute chunk of will Andre do the job for Hogan at WrestleMania three. I found that to be the least captivating part of the story as well. Um, but that's where the big music hits. Kind of. That's I like thought, the whole thing of the, the film. I, I see where you're coming from. And it's funny because it's a direct parallel to the last dance because as a basketball junkie myself who has read a ton and, and followed Jordan and knows all the stuff. And there's, this is billed as like, we're lifting the cur- curtain on Jordan. You're going to see the real Michael Jordan, the not pretty one. And I'm like, that's it. We didn't learn anything new in the last dance. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my dad or other people who casually follow the sport were like, that was fucking awesome. I learned sure. a lot about Michael Jordan. You know, so I think I am that person for this doc because 100% I had agree. Yeah, 100% and, agree. And it's interesting. Um, what makes a good doc? I don't know. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> there's there's that part of it. And then what has it done journalistically? So I was I, chop- read the, I read the Andre Box Brown book what, like a year before I really got back into pro wrestling. And maybe that's the reason why I was so disappointed. Hmm. Because I'm not coming at this from this wrestling know-it-all. I could really give a shit about the majority of Andre's career when it comes to wrestling because it, it predates me. It doesn't matter. I really don't care. His is like one of the few eras that isn't politically motivated, so I really could care less. I just find that he's he's like on a Pele, Jordan, Maradona level where like these guys are, for better or worse, if you say Andre, we now know who Andre the Giant is. Isn't there a documentary about Shepard Fairey and the Andre the Giant is a posse sticker? Um, I don't know, actually. I feel like I, I, I there's the Obey doc. The, I think Exit Through the Gift Shop might have touched on that a little maybe bit. Maybe that. And then I know that the Obey doc is on Hulu. But I feel like maybe when I was like 20, when I was like super in, like making my zines and shit, when Andre the Giant is a posse stickers were just first popping up, 
that's how much Andre is in like the modern culture landscape, right? Mm-hmm. So he's always been there for me. That's why it's di- I think that's why actually your Jordan comparison is perfect. Yeah, it's exactly right. It, 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 and you know, and this doc was made for someone like me who mm-hmm. sort of I I could spot Andre, I know what he looks like. I know what the, you know, I I've seen him in Princess Bride. I know that he wrestled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know a lot of this other stuff. And I found it uh, thought provoking. It it, it it got me thinking a lot about how we cannibalize many of the wonders of the world, to use the phrase he's sure. described that right. And it got me thinking of how rare it is to have stars that are as inaccessible as he was in that, mm. like you said, you couldn't see him on TV for a while. Or if you did, it was very rare. And they mentioned in this doc, like, you had to go see the guy. And then there were diminishing returns because once you see him, the novelty starts to wear off. So he travels to different territories. That kind of mystique is so rare now. And strangely, already in this year, 2021, we have lost two of maybe a very small group of stars that do possess this. MF Doom and Sophie. Hmm. Um... There are so many parallels there that I, I've, and, and what we do to kind of like cannibalize these people and dehumanize them and project our own ideas onto them. Um, you can't make an MF Doom doc. And if they did, it would probably get a lot wrong and people would probably continue telling some of the tall tales about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a really interesting place to go in your brain watching this, I thought. You're right. Those are very good salient points. And if anything, this makes me really want to watch the new Britney Spears doc that the New York oh, Times that's another produced. good one, yeah. Like that to me, I think Britney and Andre, very similar levels of fame. Sure. Like Absolutely. the absurdity of it, what's real, what's fake. Um, the, the difference is Andre's brain never went away. Andre's mental health, for better or worse, was always stable. It was his physical health that destroyed him, unlike the majority of these docs that we watch. Mm -hmm. And it's disappointing to me that because there was this guy who seems that was an intelligent, cool dude, not cool, but like, we don't know if he's cool, but intelligent guy that was seemingly self-aware that there's very, very little of that other than the talking head from his siblings and the guy that essentially helped build a ring for the WWF in like the eighties and his friend. That's um, his friend. Yes. Who became oh, okay. his legit friend. Like that, that was, guy was great. Um, yeah. and he was genuine and he, I thought shed some interesting light. Um, I was shocked at the end of this, how little information there is out there. When I try to dig for other long form articles, uh, about him, there's not much, there's not as much as you'd think at least. um, which again, kind of just like feeds the legend a little bit. And I think it's cool. And, you know, I do want to pivot for a second because we, we get what I want to, I don't want to overstate this, but we get, (laughs) whether it's a performance or not, we get a vulnerable Vince McMahon here for a moment towards the end of the film. Um, He either sells it well or, there was a glimmer of a real thing that got caught on camera. 
Having seen the other six, seven wrestling docs, I got more of a window into the McMahon family and McMahon kind of thing than I had in those other docs. And there's a handful of things totally to remember wrong. here. Um, What's that? There's a handful of things that you need to keep in context. This is the most recent of all the wrestling films that you've seen that has Vince in it. Mm-hmm. He's in his 70s. Mm-hmm. He's still occasionally appearing in ring. He reached like two or three years ago, right around the time they filmed the, the Vince part of this, he was taking headshots from Kevin Owens. He got headbutted on screen. This dude's had incalculable amount of concussions and mm-hmm. he lives in a bubble. So whatever sort of emotional realism you think you might've seen, Vince might believe that he might not remember saying those words 10 minutes ago. So keep all that in mind whenever it comes to Vince McMahon, which is still more interesting than nineties Vince or, you know what I'm saying? Like whether it's staged, not dementia or not, I saw something that I hadn't seen in the previous docs with him. And maybe that's part of it is him kind of apparently the backstory there is like, and again, it's wrestling. So how much of this can we really believe? I don't know. The story goes, it was kind of hard to get him, but he, he was very invested in making this doc do Andre justice. He agreed to, I think 30 or 45 minutes. They got him for three hours the director was very surprised at how stoic and kind of seemingly just emotionally invested Vince was throughout the process. And given the history, you know, we learned that Vince's dad is the guy that kind of makes Andre the Giant, Andre the Giant in some ways, right? Yeah, that's um, a lie. Okay, see? He's, so like, not, he's, he's not the guy that made that. No, happen. not he's the guy, like but he arguably makes him or elevates him to the national figure he became. Anyway, it seems Andre is deeply uh, tied into Vince's own story. Oh, and for, rise. Sure. for sure. And in a way that maybe no other wrestler is. No, Hogan. Yes, but without Andre, there's no Hulk, right? So no, that's like, not true. And Hulk's still here, and Hulk's story didn't end the way Andre's did. No, no, you're wrong. Hogan... Okay. Hogan is what made the was but what made the WWF. Okay. Yeah. I mean, these are things I don't know. I'm just watching this and I'm seeing, you know, what I'm referencing here is Vince crying sort of on screen when they kind of ask him. Apparently he and Andre had a you know rocky end and they didn't speak much, and he seems genuinely distraught over the memory of Andre dying and kind of chokes up and he's like, he was special. And then they cut. Um, sure. Once again, grain of salt. That's his, like, and then they redo this with Jordan two years later when he cries, like, they just didn't want to, I didn't ask them to do anything I wouldn't do myself. Bullshit. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, there's a moment that Vince grabs his ear right before he cries. Mm -hmm. I thought that might be a tell. I don't know if that was a a wink to the director, like, I'm about to do it. (laughs) Okay, so... I'm not saying the director of this is lying, but keep in mind what happened two years before this film came out. They did that. This was the XFL documentary that was very well received. So well received that they revived the XFL. So the idea that Vince wouldn't appear on camera is also total bullshit. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that that's the story they told. And I'm sure that they believe that story, but that doesn't line up with reality. This is what makes wrestling so awesome. And again, kind of like the Arquette doc, 
I like the experience of not really knowing what I'm watching on the screen in a way that's more interesting than like is Jordan controlling Jordan's narrative because there's that's so fair. many more smoke and mirrors with this field and it's just like, huh, interesting. Okay. Okay. There's a few things that instantly just like, it, it just, it made me upset, which is not a good way to live. WrestleMania three, <laughs> WrestleMania three is I think in 86 or 87. Andre lives for another five years. Yeah, he had a lot more wrestling in him, at least. Yeah, well, it was mostly just appearing as a manager or or talking. It doesn't matter. The point is this. They frame it the same way in Queens, We Are the the Champions. They make it seem like Live Aid was this thing that brought the band back together, which in reality is totally wrong. Like, they play with the timeline in ways that just are pointless. Yeah, it's pointless. It completely negates. Vince is like, he came back for one more match bullshit narrative. Like, no, man, he had a lot. He had a good amount of gas left in the tank. That's a lie. He lived to prove you wrong. Right. He lived to prove you wrong. He lived longer, which proves your point is bullshit. That's in the film. That's not like a wrestling knowledge thing. That's in the film. It's fair. And and, and just like The Last Dance, we don't, you know, Jordan's story ends much yeah. differently in the last dance than it does in real life. Yeah. You don't really get the real end of the story. And that is, it's funny. It's such a 30 for 30 thing. And this director got his start with 30 for 30 mm-hmm. and he did the fab five doc and I forget which other, but um, it, it, they always kind of tie these up with a bow, whether or not that is true or does the subject complete journalistic justice. It's that's how they'd make these. And that's why they're kind of good to watch. But I hear you, man. I mean, as a primer, I thought this was awesome. It got me thinking about him. It got me researching him. It, it, I'm glad. It, I didn't watch this and say, well, I've learned everything I need to learn about. No, Andre absolutely not. At all. But Did you know that, is, I don't even know if this is in the film. I finished it. I rewatched it clearly for this. I watched it, I think, because the night it came out as well. Did they talk about his restaurant in Montreal? No, I read that though. And it was like, a kind of a footnote where he he bought a restaurant just so he could have somewhere to drink for free and kind of neglected sort of, yeah. it and it failed. And yeah. I want that documentary. Like when you but have who a else, figure- what, what, How else are we making this doc? You, you got as much access as you can get. You can't do the doc really without WWE. Bullshit. You He's don't, got don't. footage from around the world. That's such bullshit. I you could do this documentary just with footage of acting roles in late night television. So like show some back stuff, backstage stuff of like him on Hulk or whatever and him on Princess Bride and him on The Tonight Show and then just use all the same talking heads from friends and family and include no wrestlers. I guess they could. But who's that, doc, who's that doc for? That doc's going to bore someone that's like... That's the doc that's actually going to win awards. I guess, but it's not the doc that is going to really get mass buy-in. I don't know about because that. Because anybody watching is going to be like, what the fuck, man? I no, remember WrestleMania. Such a, every Andre fan would watch that. And there's a ton of them. Other than like Muhammad Ali shirts, I can't think of another athlete that other athletes like wearing. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not joking. You'll still see like really cool modern Andre the Giant shirts in every gym in America. The same way you'll see Cassius Clay Muhammad Ali shirts. 
That's it. Those are like I'm the coming around to your dudes. side here on this. I, I, I hear what you're saying. There's a lot of missed opportunity here. Um, and I'm not saying you can cram all this into a 90-minute film. I get it. So as a primer, sure. But if you really want to do something in-depth, if you really want to show something interesting that not a lot of people know about, do that because then you could actually cover all of the mythology around them and all the drinking stuff and all the pain that they get to, which I really do like the first 40 minutes of this film. But once you bring in Hogan as a prime source and Vince as a prime source, there's a problem. Interesting. I found Hogan too. I mean, he's good. He's a great actor. He was good. Yeah. He did a really great job. He sold me on a lot of it. Him telling the stories of how Andre hated Macho Man you know, how much of that is true. Exactly, because also Macho Man is dead. Right. Andre's dead. Hogan, well, they don't mention why Hogan is no longer in the WWE Hall of Fame ever. They don't mention that they ran this exact same match at Shea Stadium like seven years prior. Mm-hmm. Like, these, they allude to it, but come on. Like, <laughs> come on. What, what, what is this? What's the point of this? Hmm. I also hadn't seen a lot of this footage because I'm not that well read or seen on a lot of this stuff. Seeing young Vince McMahon was interesting sure. to me. Seeing sure. Hulk before he was Hulk was interesting to me. Um, a lot of this stuff was fresh for me. And again, right back to last dance. I think, I think it's the same for a lot of people that casually followed basketball and they're like, Whoa, I didn't know Scotty Pippen X, Y, and Z. Right. But, for me, or you, growing up watching it, it's like, duh, of course, I remember that. You, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at you, me, them, everybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available. Uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones if you want the rest of the catalog which features over 700 episodes you meet them everybody.com our patreon page is on our about page it's all there follow us on instagram twitter all that good stuff at sign y-m-t-e thanks for listening i'll hug the places that you've been sleeping friends and family i'll be keeping won't be